with Sky Civic, and today we're starting the first um, of our conversations with chatbot builders and, and uh, industry experts in government, talking about this technology and the ways that it can solve issues um, that citizens are facing and help streamline government processes. Today, I'm speaking with Colin Rainey. He is a contractor working for the state of Indiana in the InBiz department. Um, and I will let you take a little bit, uh, talk a little bit more about yourself, what you've done, and, um, and then we'll jump into discussing the chatbot that you built. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Uh, thanks for having me on your video bot podcast. Uh, so I'm Colin. I, like you said, I'm a contractor with the state of Indiana, and uh, particularly I am over customer experience for all of InBiz. So it means a lot of things, but uh, primarily it meant the call center, and we were realizing that because our call center is open during business hours, we we're missing a lot of calls. Uh, and we were also serving a section of the customer population, or we were missing serving a customer population that really just needed quick answers and something to get over a hump to keep going on with the process. Uh, and so that's that's really where the chatbot started to become more and more sensible. And we thought, well, this, this could be a good idea. We saw a great use case uh, with the Montana Department of Motor Vehicles, and it just became a natural fit. Uh, so for, for folks who don't know what InBiz is, InBiz is a one-stop business portal for Hoosiers looking to start a business in the state of Indiana. Uh, you can form a business, you can connect with uh, Department of Revenue, Department of Workforce Development, um, professional licensing, we're, we're adding features constantly, uh, but we're trying to kind of become the TurboTax and Amazon of business if you're trying to do business with the state of Indiana. Uh, so we had the call center for a long time, uh, added email in a very small capacity, and then a chatbot was added and it just took off from there. It's been performing pretty well, actually. We just came up on a year. Awesome. Yeah, that's that's always a good anniversary to hit that that first year is feels good to make it to make it to the first year and really sit back um, and, and take a look at the landscape of, of how it's evolved and and we'll, we'll talk more about that. But uh, first, you kind of touched on it, but I, I want to um, get really clear and and from your perspective, what problem were you trying to solve with chatbots? You mentioned that the, the call center wasn't open. Um, you know, or it only had business hours and you're missing out on a lot of um, customer queries and stuff like that. But if you could jump in in a little more detail to the problem that really existed that uh, you were addressing. Yeah, um, so I'll take, I mentioned the different customer types, right? So when you talk about business owners, it's kind of easy to think of you know, I'm, I'm calling and I'm going to open a donut shop and I need a place to conduct this in the state. And that's definitely a use case for InBiz. Uh, but you got a lot of other users who, uh, you know, maybe like the big corporations here in town who have thousands of employees. They need to use InBiz to, to conduct business with the state. Um, all the way down to uh, truck drivers who may not even have a computer that they use to run their business. So how do we provide information to them? So, and, and this is, this is, true with any broad reaching customer service department, uh, we kind of had to think of ways to meet each of these needs. And really the only channel we had for customer service when I uh, arrived at Invis was the call center. So that's great, you know, you spend three minutes uh, 
reaching somebody, they give you the answer you need, and you move on. Uh, but the total interaction time could take five minutes. What we saw with Chatbot is, hey, there's a need for folks who don't need the whole process explained to them or fairly tech savvy, uh, can mostly get along, but just need help kind of interpreting the government ease that's on these forms and workflows or just need to be pointed in the right direction and take the ball from there. Uh, so it drops an interaction that could take five minutes and you wait on hold to I think under 30 seconds, you can get an answer now uh, for one of our top business transactions. So we were missing, we were missing uh, an ability to help those customers. Secondly, we were missing ability to help customers after hours. Um, our, our call center is open during standard business hours, but if you're, uh, you know, working the second shift and you're getting off and realizing, hey, I just want to start my own business, I can't do this anymore, your time to work on forming that business is after hours. So the chatbot was there too as a way to kind of answer some simple questions, get people over um, to where they needed to be. And then uh, the third issue we were facing, uh, chatbot was a really good way to help uh, corral some of our costs. Uh, I, I'm really proud of the call center. I think they do a great job and they also incur a cost to every call we get, uh, whether that is, hey, I don't know how to start a business. I don't know what I'm doing here. Okay, let's take 10 minutes and talk about this. Or where's the button to print this file? That's a silly question. And you know, our call center can do a great job helping it but the chatbot could also help that for pennies on the, on the transaction. So those three things uh, really drove us to the chatbot. Awesome. Um, and one of the, so one of the things that really, there's actually a couple things that really stuck out by that, um, by what you were saying there. The first one is the, the business owner that doesn't have time, they're working their normal job. I know that feeling of working a normal job and trying to start a business um, on more than one business actually. And uh, it's, it's frustrating. Government is traditionally open from eight to five and, and there's, uh, there's definitely a time accessibility that uh, we struggle with really across the United States in this, in this space. But from, from your answer, I mean, it really sounds like it's, it's an accessibility issue accessibility can span a very broad um, area from just generally being able to access the information as a um, um, having any type of disability that that may make it difficult from just being information accessible um, and that's or or uh, customer service accessible right and that is an interesting aspect that I think a lot of people don't think about with business type um, approach. Everybody just assumes that a business has time to do business during business hours, but that's not the case, especially with the, the smaller um, businesses out there, startups, stuff like that. Uh, and the second thing is, is cost effectiveness. And that's, that's obviously a very important topic in government, um, being responsible with taxpayer money and dollars and whatnot. Uh, could you share, do you have some more like concrete numbers exactly as to how much you've estimated that the chatbot has saved you up to this point? Yeah, um, so it's a, it's a tricky question to answer because how do you judge if a chatbot interaction was successful or not? Is right. it if the person tells you? Is it if they give you information? So first, you got to solve that problem. Um, 
and what we decided uh, with with the executive team uh, is that we were going to count a chatbot interaction successful if uh, the person just delivered information and then uh, at the end of every chatbot interaction we ask did this answer your question so if they if the chatbot delivered information and the customer didn't say no then we counted that as a successful interaction uh, and then there's folks who say, yes, this was helpful. And obviously those are slam dunks. Yep, we, we, we were successful with that chatbot interaction. So uh, we take the cost of chatbot for our contract multiplied by, or not multiplied by, but then look at the number of successful transactions, count those as saved phone calls, and then the number of saved phone calls that didn't go to the call center multiplied by um, our cost per call. And I think in a year, we are north of an estimated $200,000 saved by implementing chatbot. Wow, that's even, even, if, uh, even if the numbers drop from that uh, actual cost savings, that's still significant value. I mean, wow, $200,000. Very shocked. I mean, we try to be conservative. I'm poking holes in this every way I can think because it just seems astronomical. <laughs> um, but when I'm presenting data, when I'm talking to it with other folks, everyone seems to validate, yep, you're looking at it in a good way. Um, you know, even, even if half of those saved phone calls ended up being phone calls, that's still a hundred grand that we've saved in a year, which is just huge. Um, in addition to all the other benefits we talked about, the accessibility, um, kind of the standard answer, the directional ability around the website. So a lot of, lot of benefits. Um, that actually gives me a good transition. I, I kind of want to talk about, there's an interesting play right now. So it's pretty much all governments have adopted a website, right? Like every government agency that I know, unless they are so small, they, they can't make it accessible and they don't want to get sued, so they don't put one up. But I, I, I've yet to really run into that issue anymore. Um, what is the difference, in your opinion, between using a website versus using a chatbot? What is the differentiator um, to those two experiences? Um. Tough one. Yes, yeah, so you're asking me. I'm sorry. It's a tough one. I know. Um, the, yeah. what's, what's, it's two different design sets. Exactly. Right. If I'm, if I were to start Indus from scratch, I'm, I'm going to use a different design set for making something that's visually appealing and easily navigable when I'm creating a website, uh, versus when I'm designing a chatbot, I'm focused more or less on the visual aspect because it can only take place in a little box. Um, and more on the conversational aspect. So I'm using tools like sentence length or word choice or hyperlinks. So it, it's a different design set. Uh, where I think the chatbot shines is I think it can do a lot of the functionality. Um, not a lot. I mean, we are filling out government forms to start a business and there's, there's a lot in there. Uh, but if we had a user who was willing to or, or, or just desired more of a conversational based approach to starting a business, there's a lot we could put inside of a chatbot that just generates metadata that we can then turn around and flip it to our form, print it out, and all of a sudden the users just had a conversation with the bot. That's possible, uh, probably not likely for our scenario. 
um, but that, that that would be the bigger difference. Uh, one thing I'd, I'd really like to see Chatbot move toward is uh, less of the overall, here's the site and here is everything we can talk about, and more of the uh, intelligent flow based on, um, you know, I just read this and I've got a link for click here for more information. When I click that link, it pops up a chat specifically engaging, talking about what I just read. Yes. Does that make sense? So yeah. uh, actually, uh, Montana's Real ID, I think that was a really good case study of where you use chatbot of, hey, I can help you get around the website, but if you have questions on this specific part of the Real ID, click here, the chatbot's going to give you the details. Of it. Yes, um, and I guess for probably nobody knows this <laughs> that's watching this or very few people, but I was actually the one that designed that, designed that website and chatbot experience. Um, and it that was really the goal was to um i mean basically in, in that case it was hey why go to another website why why take users from one website or one web page i should say to another web page when we could um streamline that whole experience by displaying the information in a chatbot on page instead um and that was the theory and, and it did uh Interestingly enough, the cost savings that was generated from that was determined to be around two hundred thousand dollars too. Uh, so maybe maybe we are onto something with this uh, these, this number here. Uh, yeah, maybe. But, but um, did I did I answer your question about the some of the differences I see between web pages and chatbot? Yeah, I mean to 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 move for uh, a little further in on that, I think you were specifically talking about the 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 design aspect of the choices that you have to make are, are completely different. So when you mm -hmm. are in the chatbot space, you're thinking more about word choice and, and that, that dialogue that you're having, um, that you're going to have with each uh, citizen or customer and, and how that drives your decisions forward. I think, um, how would you maybe moving further down that path? How would you, um, from your personal experience, do you think people consume or absorb information better through a website or through a chatbot experience? Yeah, I, chatbot. I, I wouldn't need long to talk about that. We, uh, InBiz is a very content heavy website. Uh, and yeah, I've been involved in a lot of the design conversations just because of my position as customer experience, you know, uh, being over that. Um, but we, we've been guilty of making design mistakes where we flood the content page with information and words and bullet points uh, in response to customer questions or citizen questions. And uh, we see no change in the number of calls we get or the number of chatbot requests we get. Um, because despite all the good design around subheaders and bolding words and creating bullet points and links, uh, attention spans continue to be shorter. And uh, even if the information is out there, you're not going to read it. So chatbot, one of the better design principles and one of the better paths we have uh, tend to be those that are very quick, uh, that aren't you know, it, there's a there's a word path we we shoot for. You don't want to have this huge long text to read through when you're chatting with somebody. Um, 
I think it's a lot more natural for folks who use their phone to text and communicate. Um, they're used to very quick snippets and moving on. Uh, but I think the, the primary hook that engages people and uh, promotes information retention is uh, the fact that you have to interact, that you are waiting on an answer and then responding and then waiting responsible. It's a little more skin in the game. So in the future, it, as chatbots continue to take off, I would see more of a design choice that features sparse text um, on the website, uses the chatbot to decimate more of that important information, and then have all of the, um, you know, the necessary guts that for us, it's the forms that you have to fill out, uh, hidden behind login pages and really having the chatbot kind of direct you there or some of the sparse pages on the front end of the website direct you there. Yeah. Uh, I think, um, at least from my experience, I think that's uh, just a smart um, design path forward. I know we're we're kind of on this we're on this maybe a tipping point uh, uh, the the cusp of of chatbots and government. It's still it still seems like a foreign concept to a lot of people. Most people just don't get it. Um, they just don't get like what a chatbot is, what it does, um, and there's a lot of different versions out there. Uh, the one that we we are talking about specifically is goal oriented chatbot versus um, just for some quick information for the listeners versus a chip chat bot uh, chatbot which is basically the user types out every um, every bit of input and then the chatbot takes that input and responds. Um, I personally talk about those as glorified search bars because um, everyone I've seen has pretty much just pulled up articles and I don't see the the real value in in a chit chat bot at least at this stage of the game uh, versus goal oriented is always it's an engagement back and forth process it's always moving towards something uh, uh, towards uh, you know so solving a problem moving through a process or, or answering a citizen question um, mm -hmm. so that being said, um, what role do you see chatbots filling in government in the future? Uh, maybe, and this is even outside of InBiz, like if you were just to, 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 to rise up globally, maybe, not, maybe that's not the right word, but look at the United States and say, what could chatbots, um, from your experience right now, what could they, they start solving for government? Yeah, it's, it's a really cool question. I think, um, so I think it'd be best to focus on those services that touch everybody first, right? So you, that, that could be like the DMV or the Social Security Administration, uh, and then begin to, to work your way down. Uh, I think scheduling is a really cool feature that could be used in chatbot, uh, where, hey, I want to schedule time to go and talk to this person, um, but you know, it's 1130 at night. I know my availability, so let's hop on, chat with a bot and set an appointment so that when I go in, I don't have to wait in line and I can just meet somebody right away because I've scheduled 10 minutes or 15 minutes to talk with them. Um, so I think things like that could be helpful. Uh, I'd, like, I'd like to see some chatbots move towards that form-based filling out. Uh, that's not the right way to say that. Filling out forms via chatbot. Uh, a lot of times we're what I what I see in comments and hear on phone calls is citizens who are, you know, 
it's easy to fill out a form for the most part, but then you get that one question where it's like, what is a registered agent? Right. I don't know what it is. And rather than just trying to write something in, as a lot of times citizens get a little freaked out and then that's when they call or that's when they start doing research. Uh, but if you want a chat bot, you, you'd be able to say, you know, either enter your answer if you know what it is or click, what is this? I don't know. Instant response, oh, a registered agent is the person who legally receives your correspondence for your business. Okay, that makes sense. Well, I'll put this person in. Right. Uh, so I'd, I'd like to see like to see stuff like that. Um, status checks would be huge. Uh, for chatbots to be able to take a little bit of information about me, uh, search through databases, and then pull back my status. Uh, folks, even in InBiz, and I know you said globally, but uh, even within InBiz, uh, there's a there's a sense of have I covered all my bases? Did I do everything right? Um, that can kind of be a vague end. Uh, so status lights are huge. Uh, if I were to go into uh, a chatbot, you know, in 20 years down the future when the IRS does this uh, and say, what are my estimated taxes for this year? You know, okay, uh, well, Mr. Rainey, we need your social security number. And let's assume I'm comfortable giving a chatbot my social security number. Or, or whatever identifying piece of information. I type that in uh, and then it searches the IRS database and says, okay, your estimated taxes for this year are data. Or, hey, we received your tax payment on this date. And yep, you're current with the state of Indiana. Or actually you owe $20 more because you made an error on line seven. Uh, just some way for me to check dates, check the status that I'm in good standing. Those kind of things would be incredibly helpful and I think really serve citizens and decrease a lot of the workload that's uh, on customer service centers or uh, front desk personnel who are kind of answering those basic questions that we could be able to automate. Yeah, um, the, the, it's interesting because really the, the idea of a chatbot is it's much more citizen centric. Uh, it's, it's much more, and that's that engagement factor that, that every time they, they, they engage, they see some information, then they make another engagement. Um, they're, they're bought into the, the, the process, to the interaction, and they continue through it. Um, so it, it, it just naturally fits for stuff like that, for, for portals and, and eligibility checks. And interestingly enough, I'm just sharing this with you, we did uh, build a de demo for, I actually, I think it was Indiana, um, child, child care service, child support, um, child welfare and we did for the demo we did a we did a eligibility check because their form had some things that needed to be you had to determine if you were eligible to um, apply in the first place and of course like typical display of information it was a bunch of bullet points and had all these conditions that the person the citizen had to figure out for themselves um, and then we just took that and automated it into an eligibility check where just ask for the information, you input it, and it tells you if you're eligible or not. <laughs> so much simpler. Cool. Yeah. Um, so cool. That even reminds me something. Um, when Ish came out to visit Indianapolis uh, last year, he even told me about some use cases where they were trying to use chatbots to broaden the intake of a, a, a women who had been abused um, because there was data finding that hey, folks are more apt to open up to a robot uh, than a person in some cases. 
or, or sometimes it's just more accessible to reach out to a bot and kind of talk about what's going on. And then obviously that gets transferred to a, a real person or a caseworker who can then come out and engage. Right. The applications of that I think could be massive for the social services uh, sector too. And beyond abuse, it could be linked to, you know, if you have financial trouble, it's embarrassing to talk about, you don't want to bring it up. What government services are there that can begin to provide information, give you targeted feedback. So that by the time you do reach a person, uh, they're not just like getting to know you and they're not just starting that relationship, but they know a little bit about you because you opened up, which enables them to help you all the much you resources that are specifically designed to help you based on the circumstances that you've shared. Um, and I don't know how, how much that data holds true or how folks will change, you know, in the next five, 10, 20 years, but interesting to think about. And I think it'd be really powerful. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, I, and it, they're, they're, the chatbots, they, um, they, they occupy kind of a, a liminal space, if I will, if I can say that. Uh, they they feel like a human interaction to a degree but then they're also i mean it's also the there's it's also a robotic element to it so there it's a little disarming but maybe it still feels like the the uh, you have that, that little bit of anonymity like social media or something um you're not yeah. necessarily face to face it doesn't feel like you're 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 being pressured in any way, um, so it's yeah. it's really interesting dynamic to just just to uh, I'm I'm always interested in in really the almost the, the you know the underpinnings of why these things are uh, absorbed or accepted and and why are they why they are so well received um, and. Speaking of well received, how do you do you roughly know how many people have um, chatted with your chatbot system to date? Oh gosh, uh, since the beginning of the year. Um, we let's see, we average about two thousand interactions a week, so times fifty is what hundred thousand. Uh, around a hundred thousand, if my if my math is right. Um, Otherwise, we don't look like mathematicians. <laughs> um, yeah, that sounds right. Yep. Yeah, fifty weeks. Fifty weeks in a year times. Yep. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, Roughly. So that's Roughly. that's how many interactions we've had. Um, yeah. Right. There's fifty-two weeks in a year, and some weeks are up and down. Um, that's how many interactions we've had. No, I don't know. If, you know. John Smith over at ABC Accounting uses the chatbot every day. You know, I'm not tracking IP addresses or anything like that. Right. Interactions. Right. right. Um, that's still, I mean, that's significant uh, for sure. And, and uh, that does speak to um, a general willingness to accept this technology at face value, really. Um, there, there's not... Uh, um, I, I'm going to actually share the screen real quick, just so people can see what um, what this looks like. It's it's not necessarily um, you know a huge um, call out. It's not it's not over the top. It's a small widget in the bottom 
left in your case because you can have it on bottom right or bottom left. Um, in the bottom left and so I'm just gonna let this play out real quick so everybody can kind of that has never seen this before get a quick look at how this works. Um, and a hundred thousand a hundred thousand interactions. We're not I'm not gonna say a hundred thousand people, but a hundred thousand interactions so far, uh, approximately this year. That really speaks to um, something ubiquitous. Uh, I, I, it's 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 easily adopted. People feel comfortable with it. What do you think is the driving um, force behind that? Why are especially citizens? I mean, because this is a this is a different this is a whole different realm. Where private sector versus public sector is a whole different ball game. Um, mm -hmm. Public sector, I would say, from my experience, citizens use government technology, and they typically loathe it. <laughs> they just, they have, there's a lot of issues, <laughs> there's a lot of problems, and the, the return of those issues being fixed um, and, and, and leading to a good experience is slow and cumbersome at least from my experience, working in government, um, and, and this is not really a, um, to make you know, light of the work that other vendors are doing, but uh, certainly there's differences up and down in these, this whole, this whole um, landscape. But uh, uh, one that sticks out to me is our appointment scheduler when I worked for the DMV was, is, and it still is just, a nightmare and it's never it, every time they they push a new change which takes about two months a month to two months to get put together it gets worse it never gets better it always goes downhill uh, so why then do you think that that citizens are so willing to accept this technology what is it about it that um one creates successful outcomes but two um, they're just willing to participate in it. Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Um, so one of the things we built our chatbot around uh, was we, we had a very specific knowledge base of answers to customer questions. So these are questions that call center, you know, you receive the call, this is what you're supposed to say. They're very script-oriented call center. Um, so because of that, we were able to transition to a chatbot pretty seamlessly. Now, the way you say something verbally is going to differ from the way you write something out, uh, but there was enough overlap that we were able to make that, that work. Um, and so when you're on the chatbot, especially the Invis chatbot, and, and you saw in the introduction, it even identifies itself, like, hey, this is, I am a chatbot not a person, and I'm here to, to answer basic questions and guide you around the site. Um, but just being on Invis kind of match, we saw a little icon, having that match the look and feel of Invis overall, says like, this is a trusted government entity. If I want to call a representative for Invis, they are trusted government and representative that is going to give me a true answer. Uh, and in chatbot, it's written out. I mean, how many times have you wondered like, okay, this is what this official is telling me, or this is, or, take a take a knock from the business world like, you know Amazon said they were going to send it to me next day can I get that in writing no of course you can't you're your customer 92465 
but in chatbot it is in writing. And those are all responses that have been approved um, by our executive team, by our legal team. And so they know that they're getting a very straight answer. Um, so I think that's one reason why it, why it lends itself to a little bit more trust. Um, now, when you talk about people who don't like government technology, it can be really hard to separate, do they not like the technology or do they not like the answer we give them? Mm. Uh, we, we've had that too. And I, I, you know, a lot of times I, I read through the comments that come through chatbot and there are times where I look at some of the negative comments and think, you know what, you got a point. It is wonky why our systems work that way and why your filing was rejected. And uh, you know what, I can, I know that's, those are decisions made above my head, but I can, I can pass this feedback on because that does seem out of place. And then there are folks who, you know, I didn't sign my paper and you rejected it. I can't do much about that. Uh, and then they leave a negative review. So it can be really hard to separate out um, what, what is a distaste for technology and the chatbot and the site versus a distaste for the process and how things have been set up. Uh, and that's one of the real challenges of chatbots in a government space, uh, but it also gives you a really cool opportunity to see gaps where things could be made a lot more simple. Um, those get passed up the chain and legislation changes sometimes. This is actually a fantastic point to talk about is, is feedback um, capture, feedback funnel, uh, and, and overall effectiveness. Um, you really touched on it well. And uh, this is something I, I kind of geek out about uh, because I, I feel government just has this <clears throat> problem with, with collecting feedback from really listening to their, their citizen customer experience to um, especially digital, uh, digital um, interactions. So mm -hmm. one thing that I found, which was really shocking um, that with, with uh, the DMV's chatbot system is everybody told me everything uh, that was wrong. It had, had, it almost never had, well, sometimes it involved the chatbot, but, but I started receiving comments about every other app that was out there through other vendors, through the website, you know, mm -hmm. just the website, just everything that they disliked or liked was coming through the chatbot, not necessarily the feedback we were, we were, we were looking for in the beginning, but it turned out to be an incredibly valuable asset because now we are understanding the full digital um, landscape that we were providing and where it was failing. You said, you mentioned where the gaps are. Um, can you step me through a little bit of your process for capturing feedback and um, kind of the, maybe the methodology, but also the, the thought process as to um, your approach there? Yeah, yeah, I'd be happy to. Uh, so I first need to say that chatbot feedback is one part of many. Uh, you know, we've got email channels, we've got customer channels, and then we've got all kinds of metrics that talk about how our website is performing. Um, so it's a vocal channel, but it's it's one to be taken in consideration with every everything else. Uh, so at the end of every chatbot interaction, I mentioned there's a question that says, hey, did this answer your question? Uh, if the user clicks no, 
we'll direct them to a place where they can call the call center and get the answer they need. Uh, if the user clicks yes, it'll take them to a uh, section that says, is there anything else we can help you with? And then the next screen is, hey, could you please provide some feedback on your chatbot experience today? So we're really clear in saying just, how is your chatbot experience? Uh, but sim similarly, we've, we've gotten all kinds of questions or uh, responses to that uh, that are broad reaching. And so what's really fun, and I think what when I realized that InBiz customer experience had kind of arrived is when we were able to complete the circle. I was able to take customer feedback, I was able to take data, and I was able to take that back to the tech team and say, what if we do this uh, and see some of those changes implemented? Um, using their expertise and then using our marketing team's ex expertise. And that's where the wheel really starts to turn. Um, so a good example of that, uh, our, um, our notary page now, uh, there's, there's a good deal of confusion around how the notary process worked. Uh, and we saw that in our phone calls, we saw that in the chat bot. Um, and it wasn't that they were, that folks were negatively impacted by the chatbot, they were just confused. Uh, so we were able to take all of that, do a little bit more research, and then um, able to create a content page that I think really helped make some of those areas clear. And we've seen a decrease in our notary um, complaints in some of those calls. We, we still get it. Um, you know, nothing's ever going to be made crystal clear. Um, but I, I think that's a, that's a pretty cool case study of how we were able to use customer feedback to directly impact the website. Uh, and even now in the background, we're working on changes to continue to improve that. And I have a seat at the table now in the design process because I've got this input to bring forth to uh, from the customer experience side. Uh, so we do that. Um, so, but that is just me, Colin, looking through all the comments. Uh, there's other tools we use too. We use the star rating on chatbot. So we kind of have a gauge of how folks are using it. Um, we can filter out our data by, okay, who gave us one stars? What were they trying to accomplish? Who gave us five stars? What were they trying to accomplish? Uh, and then I, there's decision trees. You know, our, our chatbot, the, kind of the back end of it, looks like a big decision tree. But I can kind of trace which routes are viable and which ones could be improved. Um, and then there is, <clears throat> Uh, heat map. So I built a uh, little heat map in Excel that shows the most used gambits or bits of conversation that pop up for users. And that's also been a pretty helpful tool and, uh, because then you can start to think, well, how do I reorganize my menus? How do I make that, you know, this is a really high gambit. How do I put that further up in the flow? Yeah, absolutely. So those are a few, yeah. of the, those are the few of the tools we need to use. Um, <clears throat> That's that's really insightful. I, just the the fact that you mentioned that the the chatbot was like that. It almost sounds like it was that missing piece to the puzzle that created the the finally like allowed the full cycle of um, of the information on the experience to to finally be completed. Uh, there's our, mm -hmm. it's, it's part of a bigger. It's like every tool, right? It's always part of a bigger. Um, um, mechanism or a bigger machine that that you're using to determine what's going on but the it, it's just really interesting to me that it, it it just fills it fills this space that we're looking for it's just this almost like this fourth layer with a website or digital experience 
we're looking for and uh, we've really been lacking for a long time because you know you have your nav bar you have your search bar or you can scroll through the website um, and, and try and parse through the information yourself it feels like there was always just one thing missing um, and for me personally I feel like chatbots fill that role um, and I think they do a really good job of it um, from, and from what you're saying it sounds that like you agree with that statement as well oh, that, sure. um, they fill this role so we've kind of we've gone through a whole broad I want to get a broad like spectrum of chatbots and discussion it's been a great discussion by the way thank you so much for um, sitting down and, and having this conversation with me but before we, we yeah, you're very welcome before we wrap up, I really want to um, focus in on the InBiz chatbot, and I, I just want you to, uh, to to hear what you your thought process in building this. You had mentioned, you know, there's just all these decision um, trees that come off of it. How did you go about building this, and and what was your your thought process, and and really just your overall process, like almost your project management. With this, yeah. Well, one huge leg up I had was that availability of the knowledge base um, that had the answers, and then two years worth of data from the call center saying this is what folks are calling about. Um, use I use transaction data from the InBiz site too to identify what the highest transactions are, um, and then it became. A, a matter of imitating what a conversation is going to look like. Um, part of that's set in expectations, so that's what you see here on the first screen. Um, we, since InBiz is a, a you, you generate a profile to conduct all the filings, uh, we had a little bit of a limitation. So we first had to, this, everything was gonna depend on if the user had an InBiz profile and could actually access all the things we were gonna talk about, or if they couldn't. So we had to move that question way up to the front um, for folks. So uh, you see the options here. So that's that's why it, it is where it is. Um, and we also, through customer feedback, realized that, hey, some people just want to search and they're just getting a little lost. It doesn't require a login, so let's make that an option too. Uh, and then some people are coming to InBiz just because they're trying to research the business and get started. Uh, so they don't need to go through all the technical details and understand what a registered agent and business entity report are just yet. They need to be directed to another resource. And so that's why you, you've got these four links here. So I'm going to, uh, so I'm, I'm just yeah. going to click on the, I, I'm just getting started on my business uh, just to see how this, uh, this plays out. Keep it moving on the screen a little bit and keep talking. Don't, don't, don't mind me at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I actually really like this option. Uh, we had a pretty strong partnership in Indiana uh, with the Small Business Development Center, which is a no-cost uh, pseudo-government agency that provides no-cost localized uh, business advice to Hoosiers who are trying to start or grow a business. Uh, so this was a really cool partnership and kind of filled the gap of um, folks coming to InBiz saying, okay, I'm ready to open my donut shop. Uh, what entity type should I be? Well, we're, we're government agency. If we start giving out legal advice, okay. uh, that is not something we can do. Uh, but 
let's get you in touch with an organization who is prepared to answer these questions, who is prepared to give you kind of the insights you need. And by the way, they live in your county, they understand the landscape of what you're about to uh, So this was a really cool way to connect to a partnership. Um, because if I'm in that position, I'm, I'm not exactly ready for InBiz. There's a, there's a lot I can learn, uh, but that's, that's like learning how a motor works and how to change the oil before you understand how the gas pedal and brake work and how to drive a car. Um, so that's the, the path you just took is kind of more about a partnership that we've been able to develop than anything. Um, tell you what, I could, if you click return, um, let's go down another route. I wanna, I wanna talk about uh, business entity reports are the highest transaction on InBiz. Uh, it's kind of like a little status report businesses submit to the state every years, uh, every couple of years to say, yep, I'm still in business, nothing's changed. Uh, so we're going to pretend that you do have an InBiz account. So go ahead and click yes. And select from the main topic menu to get started. So these are organized in the, uh, specifically in the way we have transactions. Uh, so volume of transactions and volume of customer calls influence how these are stacked on top of each other. Now, I would say this is probably too many options. Um, I don't know what the likelihood of somebody scrolling down is. Um, and if I had, if I was smart enough to do this, um, I'd actually like something where uh, it'd be a little bit of a search bar where the user could type in whatever, and then the chatbot picks it up and sends them to the right decision. We tried that when we initially launched Chatbot and got overwhelmingly negative responses to it. Uh, a lot of that because folks weren't using keywords, they were typing in, you know, I have a donut shop on Fifth and Main, right. why is my light out? And we can't, we can't do anything with that. Um, sometimes keywords were effective, uh, but overall it was just kind of a mess. So we've actually gotten up, even though it's long and a little cumbersome to get going, we've actually had a much stronger and positive response to this menu-based approach. So start a new business, that's uh, also, you know, kind of the big marketing push of InBiz, hop on, start your business, get going. So that's why it's at the top, uh, but go ahead and click on business entity reports, if you would. So whether you choose business entity reports or any other kind of those hot topics, uh, you're first going to get very quick answer to your question. So as, as I've been on board, we've refined the call center data to show not only how many calls are being answered, but what solution is given. Uh, you know, I, if I'm calling about a business entity report, I could have a lot of sub-questions that isn't encapsulated in the actual question I'm asking. I could be asking how much is a business entity report? How often are they filed? What do they do? What are they for? Um, but all I'm telling the person on the phone is how do I file my business entity report? What we found from that data is that actually figuring out where to click and file the business entity report was the biggest question beneath the question. Hmm. Um, and it, it makes sense. You do it every two years. A lot happens in two years. Uh, if you remember to do it, just need a little bit of help. So when a as a user's gone through this process, they've said, yep, I have an InBiz account. I just need help on business entity reports. So we're prompting them right away with a quick answer. Okay, we're assuming you're trying to file it, so here's how you get there. Um, if you need more information, head to this content page, and that should answer most of your questions as well. Uh, if, that's, if that's the case, great, we're done. 
person's been helped and they can be on their merry way. If not, then we break it down and, and they want to keep engaging with the chatbot, then we break it down into more uh, spe specified questions. So as you can see, you can end the chat, which takes you to the star rating, return to the main topic menu, uh, but go ahead and click, I have other questions about my business entity report. And then it becomes um, the acknowledgement. Okay, you're talking about your business entity report. How can I help? And these are some of the more common follow-up questions behind the questions that we have answers to. So basically, uh, so so the 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 process is essentially um, focusing on a, a a main category, and then if if uh, there uh, if the most common issue doesn't apply to them, then you drop them into some subcategories to move forward with their conversation and find more of a the specific um, information they were looking for. Yes, uh, and if you're you know if you're kind of building a hierarchy in your mind, I would even put eligibilities first mm. uh, because you, the very first question in chat or chatbot is, do you have an Invis account? then it's broad categories that provide a quick answer and a link to more information. And then it's subcategories that have the specified questions. Um, and some of those questions, you may be asked a few more qualifying questions. Uh, we try to limit that as much as possible because then at that point you're getting into seven, 10 interactions and you still don't have an answer. That's not a great, it's proven to be a great question. Right, if, you, if, you're, if your goal is to deliver quick, quick answers, quick, uh, quick solutions, then you definitely don't want to, you don't want to drag them down in a bunch of interactions. Um, uh, to add on to that though, but if, you're, if you're, your goal is to step somebody through a, a complicated process, then you're going to have a lot of in interactions, but uh, ultimately much easier than trying to explain that process on a web page, um, which is mm -hmm. kind of, you know, it's kind of, in a way, what you're you're doing here is this information. I'm assuming could probably be found on a web page itself. Sure. Yep. But the actual how how that that information is structured, how the person perceives it, which we talked about a little bit um, in the beginning, is a whole different um, experience from a web web. Uh, web page versus a chatbot experience. So what is it that you think that that is it that just the simplicity of it that really allows people to to find what they're looking for? Is there another X factor behind it? Uh, I think there is another X, X factor and I think it um, has to do with the depth of questions and the sequence in which you ask them. So uh, picture a uh, like a black diamond ski slope, right? It's really steep. And so an instance of that would be me leading off the conversation with this super deep question that requires a lot of thinking and a lot of responding and kind of open-ended stuff. Okay, so that, that can probably be pretty I intimidating. It's like meeting somebody for the first time and saying, what's your take on the death penalty? That, that's too much. Um, but then you've got the pure, a pyramid that's probably more shallow slope, um, but it's going to take forever to really get into the mix. That's where you're just getting caught up with the chit chat. How are you today? Great. 
when's your birthday? Great. Hey, keep, keep going on. Uh, you almost want a little bit of a, a circus tent approach then. Starts out shallow, gets people hooked, and then goes deep. Uh, so, okay, if you have an InBiz account, great. What are you here for? Great. Now let's go deep with your specific question. Now that I've got you hooked or I've got you engaged in the conversation, now we can answer specifically what you're here for. I think that's an X factor for uh, making chatbot useful and increasing that success rate I talked about earlier too, where we have an inter uh, successful interaction. That's awesome. I, I, I like the circus tent. Um, uh, <laughs> explainer that uh, is funny on multiple uh, <laughs> levels, especially since we're talking about government. But <laughs> uh, well, yeah, yeah. Most most citizens you know, look at government as as such, or you know, uh, they have their opinions about it. But really, the there this is kind of an interesting aside but but there I believe there's a communication problem in government um, and and I don't mean that specifically you know obviously some government agencies are are pretty darn good about their communication um, but mm -hmm. a vast majority do have a communications problem specifically um, in technology uh, websites and and things like chat like implementing chatbots really uh, how are they communicating with their citizens? How are they giving them information? How are they being engaging? And, and I feel like uh, a lot of those maybe negative stereotypes come from the fact that people feel like there isn't a communication element or, or that the communication element is lacking. So then it feels chaotic and hard to accomplish anything. Um, once again, this is just an aside, so I'm just rambling here. <laughs> but uh, no, well, I'd actually I'd add to that too. Uh, a lot of the I think citizen frustrations with government communication is that it's a broad stroke at one one size fits all approach. Mm -hmm. um, you need to get you need to get your license. You go to the DMV. And well, actually, more questions because I'm an immigrant from Zimbabwe and I've got my green card status is here and actually don't have a way to get to the DMV. There's all kinds of questions. And gosh, is we start, we see this all the time. There's all kinds of specific business scenarios that we don't have a way to address. Um, and, and, and certainly there's, there's cost factors with here. You got, you got to hit, you know, you try to answer the 80% of user questions with, because that takes 20% of the work, you know, and then the remaining ones, but that's also why we have a multi, faceted customer care approach. Uh, we're trying to hit you with the chatbot to, to be more specified. Um, but man, if you are a dissolved farm that sells potatoes to Idaho that is incorporated in Switzerland, you got to talk to somebody. Like we're not going to use a chatbot to try to figure that, that out. Right. Right. <laughs> um, so it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's 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 about a multifaceted approach, um, and I and I feel like, it, congrats to Indiana for, for in, in the work you're doing, for for stepping into that arena and and increasing conversation or communications, and looking for these kind of, even though they're it's in a box, these out of the box solutions 
for increasing this communication with citizens. I think me, me personally, as I just went on my, my quick tangent there, I think communication is, it's one of those fundamental factors that just keeps getting overlooked. Um, you know, like mm -hmm. word choice, just, just word choice on a website is so important. But if you go to a lot of government websites, it reads um, like a, a, an employee wrote the website for other employees to find information, mm -hmm. not for the mm -hmm. citizen to find information. Um, acronyms, for example, <laughs> jargon, right. very technical terms, and everybody's dialing that phone number and saying, what is this thing? I don't even get this. Yeah. Um, so thank you for the work you're doing. I, I don't, I think we're, we're about at time. I don't want to go too much farther uh, and make this, this too long, but it's been really awesome talking to your, to you. Um, your insights were, were fascinating and um, really got me thinking. So I really appreciate your time. Yeah, you're very welcome. It's, it's been a fun project. And is, I mean, the Secretary of State's office wants to be good communicators and they, they put their money where their mouth is and by investing in projects like this. Uh, and I know I've looked to the work you've done and you've been an instrumental part of this as well as we've, we've almost become uh, technological pen pals over the past couple of years getting this together. So I enjoy working with you and I'm excited to see where uh, Sky Civics comes. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. Well, have a good rest of your day. And with that, we'll sign off. Um, and until the next time, see you later. Sounds good. Thanks, Levi. Thank you.